You're listening to New England Public Radio News. I'm Carrie Healy, and this is The Shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. Joining us today, Mike Dobbs of the Reminder Newspapers and Matt Safransky of Western Mass Politics and Insight. Thanks to both of you for being here today. Thank you. On Tuesday, Springfield Mayor Dominic Sarno issued a press release accusing Jewish Family Service of Western Massachusetts of keeping him out of the loop regarding refugee resettlement in Hamden County as the refugee travel ban had been lifted for the time being. JFS President and CEO Maxine Stein said there must be a misunderstanding. She says her agency has been trying to get the mayor's office more involved with its work and met with the staff last summer. And we did ask them at the same time that if they had ever received information or had any concerns, to please contact us. And we have not heard about any concerns. Until this week when Sarno issued a press release and the mayor's office didn't make him available for an interview. So, Matt, Sarno has a history on this subject. In 2013, he called for a moratorium on new refugees in Springfield. And you reported on immigration in Sarno, the son of Italian immigrants himself this week, What's going on in Springfield? Well, I, I, I have to look at it in a broader context. I mean, it's true that uh, um, Sarno has a history on this particular subject, but it's and in some of those cases in the past, there were a couple of issues with uh, some of the housing that, that some people were, were, were settled in. And uh, I don't know if that was a Jewish family services or if that was something that happened subsequent. Um, and there were other issues with housing just in generally of, of, of uh, people who are in, in need of, of services, not just refugees. But this in particular kind of seemed out of the blue. And it seems to follow a pattern of him trying to stake out a little bit more space on the right after what I can only describe as a couple of setbacks that have happened uh, to him politically over the past year. I mean, he was one, uh, he won re-election in 2015, you know, on a romp. And 2016 just, you know, didn't go as well as, uh, you know, it could have for him. So this has been a way for him to kind of, you know, develop space and try to, you know, play the hero, I guess, a little bit. Setbacks like what? Well, there was, of course, the, the the city council overruled two vetoes of his. That had not happened at all in the previous eight years of him in office. And then, of course, the stuff that's been going on with the police department, you know, they've been, you know, and that in turn fueled some of the, the actions of the city council. Okay, Mike, um, is it just this leader of the city of First that has this anti-refugee sentiment or or do more of the communities in the lower Pioneer Valley, like West Springfield and Westfield, which have both taken in refugees, feel the same way as Sarno, only do they do it quietly? I haven't heard anything from those particular communities. And, you know, I do want to emphasize that I, I do believe sincerely that um, the mayor is not necessarily anti-refugee. I agree. I, th- I, I think that what's going on is a bigger picture, which is, when you have these families come into a community, they're coming in basically with nothing. And Springfield has a high poverty rate. And the concern is, are we adding more poor people on top of our poor people who already live here? Are we straining city services? I think that if the mayor spoke about those types of issues, it would put all of this in a far more a specific kind of, of, of stance that doesn't drop into the ongoing national conversation that we're having, uh, which blends two things, which is legal refugees vetted by the government trying to come into the, trying to come into the country, and illegal immigration. Um, these are two very separate issues. Um, so I, I, I really think that the mayor would, would do the entire 
issue service by talking very specifically about what his concerns are. And on a separate issue, this week, Senator Elizabeth Warren read from a letter written by Coretta Scott King, the widow of Dr. Martin Luther King, during the confirmation hearing for now Attorney General Jeff Sessions. It was a 30-year-old letter written during a failed judicial nomination for Sessions accusing him of suppressing black votes. Warren was gaveled, and she was told she was in violation of Senate rules for impugning the motives of a fellow senator, Rule 19. Back in the Commonwealth on the same issue, Governor Charlie Baker is siding with Warren instead of his own party's leadership. I do find it hard to believe that a letter from Coretta Scott King would be out of order in any public place or space anywhere in the United States of America. Mike Baker, as the Commonwealth's Republican governor who did not cast a vote for president of the United States, yet went on to attend the inauguration, is now siding with Democrats on this issue. Is that wise for him to do? I think that it is wise for him to do because I think we're going to see uh, a growing schism within uh, the Republicans nationally as uh, President Trump's administration continues. I mean, we're already seeing Senator John McCain basically uh, break off from the pack. I think you're going to see more Republicans in the Senate do this as as things continue. And we're only, what, three three weeks into this administration, four weeks into this administration? So I think what Governor Baker is doing is he's following his conscience, and I think that that's always a good thing for any politician to do. Matt, Senator Warren got a lot of play out of this. Is there a downside for her politically? I can't see there's any downside to her individually. I mean, she is up for re-election in 2018. and, uh, you know, this is the kind of thing that was like ready made for a fundraising appeal. Um, you know, the f- words that uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell used, you know, she was warned, she was given an explanation, she persisted, have become a meme across the Internet. Um, and, and it also feeds into unfortunate stereotypes about how Republicans, you know, t- treat women. You know, a- I mean, that may not be entirely fair, but it's worth noting that uh, Warren's male colleagues were able to finish reading Corinna Scott King's letter without interrupting or without being gaveled out for uh, violating the rules. So, you know, appearances matter in a huge way. It benefits Warren. And I think broadly speaking, it will benefit Democrats. And Warren was not the only New England Democrat on the receiving end of Republican anger this week. Connecticut Senator Richard Blumenthal took some heat from President Trump after telling reporters that Supreme Court nominee Neil Gorsuch told him that Trump's criticism of federal judges was demoralizing. The president accused Blumenthal of misrepresenting the judge's comments and brought back up Blumenthal's scandal seven years ago over how he presented his military service. Really quick, Mike, what's your take on this? I think that this is the ongoing madness of this administration. I think that the nominee for the Supreme Court was expressing something that probably many judges at his level are thinking. Um, And I I just think that uh, we're in for a, a continually bumpy ride. That was Mike Dobbs of the Reminder Newspapers and Matt Svaransky of Western Mass Politics and Insight. Thanks to you both. Thank you. Thank you. And thanks to you, our audience, for tuning in to The Shortlist, NEPR's Week in Review. You can catch this segment anytime by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or by going to nepr.net slash podcasts. I'm Carrie Healy, and this is New England Public Radio.